This is a Young Farmer Business Program podcast. Hadn't really thought of any of the kids coming home in the early part. Yeah, this would have been the first time that we'd thought about succession planning. Um, Yeah, never entered my mind up until then. This is Matt and Lynn Connell. In the last episode, we met their son Scott and his wife Renee, who went into partnership with them on the family farm. Before Scott and Renee joined the family farm in Dorigo, it was Matt and Lynn's business. They both grew up in the area, also on dairies. We used to go down the river and fish and swim and that most weekends. We used to milk of a morning and then rush home and get changed and then go to school. Them days we milked into cans, so you had to have someone in actual dairy changing the cans over sort of as the cows got milked. There are a lot of similarities between both generations. Scott and Renee also grew up on family dairy farms with ambitions to run a dairy farm of their own. 30 years before them, Scott's parents Matt and Lynn got married as teenagers and shopped around for their first farm in the late 80s, even if that wasn't what Lynn expected at first. Well, when we got married, there was definitely no talk of going on to a dairy farm. We were both off dairy farms. I didn't really like farm life, but that's what, you know, you just had to do because that's what your parents did. I didn't have any plans of going on to the dairy farm and he hadn't actually told me that he was interested in farming. So uh, it came as a bit of a surprise. But unlike Scott and Renee, Matt and Lynn were starting from scratch. The place that we bought was actually quite reasonable because it was so run down. Yeah, young and silly, I suppose, just happy to go with the flow. We looked at the farm. The back part of it was overgrown, wasn't getting used. Uh, The front bit was okay. Fences were no good. But we actually hadn't looked in the house. And it wasn't until we went the second time we looked at it when we took our parents to look at it that I realised the house was only a shell. It was a bit of a surprise and wonder what we were going to do. That is a real fixer-upper. We managed, it was one of those things where sort of we we put a bit of carpet here and there. On the windy days, the actual, of course the the floorboards weren't that good. You could see the carpet moving sort of of up and down on, on the windy days. The biggest challenge immediately for me was the cold. Like it was windy and it was, it was cold on the farm. It's pretty exposed. So we did get down to minus 10 in the winter. Um, That was our coldest. We had two minus 10s and two minus 9s in one week. So that was, um, yeah, you'd touch the pipes at the dairy, your hand would stick to the pipe. We didn't have hot water in our dairy to start with because once again, you know, finances were very tight. And so we had a bucket of warm water at the end that we'd go along and stand in in our boots to try and warm our feet up. The water would freeze in the hose out hoses. It was one of those things, you just put up with what you could the toilet was also outside which didn't worry me that much but when Lynn was pregnant sort of going outside the toilet was a bit of a bugger especially with the cold weather that we used to have plus you used to have to wear your gumboots because if it was wet the floor in the toilet used to actually have water in it so but that's what you did when you were young and didn't have enough money to do everything It was 16 years before Matt and Lynn put the final touches on the house, and in that time, they'd also built a successful dairy and had four kids. Basically, when they were babies, we would um, just take them to the dairy. We had an old cot in the dairy, and they'd sit in the cot and 
play while we milked. Yeah, it was difficult when they were little, but yeah, you managed to get through. One of those little babies was Scott, who we met in the previous episode. He left the farm as a teenager, but realised he wanted to return to dairying a few years later. This came as a surprise to Matt and Lynn. He went through stages like he'd always be with Dad and then he didn't seem to show much interest and then, you know, he'd be doing things and that. I think any father on a farm would probably always like their son to take over. Around the time Scott was deciding to come home to the farm, Lynn and Matt were in the process of switching from dairy to beef. Dairying is hard and constant work and as they got older, beef seemed the sensible transition to make ahead of retirement. When Scott and Renee announced their interest in buying the business, Matt and Lynn reverted it back to a dairy. For Matt and Lynn, there were some stark contrasts between Scott and Renee's experience starting out as dairy farmers and their own. I think the biggest differences is that we started from scratch. Like we had the financial assistance from his parents, but we had to find cows to purchase. We had to buy machinery. So whereas Scott and Renee, well, there was a herd there, there was, you know, machinery there. I think that makes a big difference. But like their parents had with them, Matt and Lynn wanted to help their son transition into becoming a dairy farmer. So they entered into a four-way partnership with Scott and Renee. I don't know how we brought them into the partnership, but we did. In hindsight, we probably should have got in more than just, just our accountants and solicitors and actually got a proper contract written up so that we had a timeline. Without this contract, Matt and Lynn continued with the four-way partnership in good faith. But the lack of documentation and a timeline meant that no one was accountable to any cutoff dates. And while it was understood the farm would slowly change hands legally over the coming years, the roles in the business and sense of ownership was vague. Scott and Renee were growing frustrated with the lack of clarity. But Matt thought things were okay. I thought everything was going okay. Like I know Scott was doing a lot of hours on the farm, but everything was, we're paying all the bills, everything was going fine, and just that they weren't as patient as what we were. I was wanting the timeline to go an extra few years, just so that I could get everything that we need needed sort of paid for, paid for, and um, I don't think they could wait, that's, that's all. The original plan was to do a management handover from Matt and Lynn to Scott and Renee over a period of five years. But Matt and Lynn were still a long way off from retirement age. Would have been in our 40s. Matt would have been about 50. So it was too early for me to say, well, I'm going to, going to stop daring now and sell up. So I think it took an emotional toll on all of us. Um, you know, it's just... You just want the best for your family. So without clear communication and a documented plan, the timeline for succession wasn't fully resolved and tensions grew. Five years ended up being nine years in total. Here's Renee again. So it sort of blew out a fair bit, unfortunately. It's funny, you know, the the little things that can tick you off, it's really not that bad, but, you know, you put it over nine years and it's a long time to not know what tomorrow will bring that's sort of you know where we were at because it was like this is this wasn't the plan you know it's kind of like well next year are we still going to be in the same position that we're in now 
And it's just, it takes all the fun out of the thing that you're supposed to love doing. Just little stuff like that was really starting to become big issues for us. I know I probably didn't help Scott's mental state. I'm more vocal (laughs) than he is. And he's a bit of a peacekeeper as well. So he was like, oh, it's not that bad. Whereas I was just like, oh my God. (laughs) I didn't know that deep down in him, he was like, this is not fine. Caught between his parents and his wife was a tough place for Scott to be. It was really challenging. It, It did feel like I was stuck in the middle. There was so much stress on his plate, which is horrible. And he was supporting me through it. So he had all of that stress on him, plus he was trying to keep the peace between me and his parents and and also he had his own unhappiness that he was dealing with too and that's a lot. But it had to come to basically breaking point, which was really sad for all involved. Like I didn't know, but he'd been thinking of ways that he could possibly get out of this situation, um, which... <laughs> wasn't a good way. We were close to losing him. At that time, it was challenging, even for mum and dad, because mum and dad didn't realise actually how bad I had got because I just, I just kept it inside. So they, they were shocked when I broke down. But then through that breakdown, we all sort of seen the light. We sort of all were shaking our heads at the time. Like no one could sort of believe what was sort of going on because the business was still going, it was still going pretty well, which is kind of really funny that it was still running well because it sort of got to the end there and none of us was happy. You didn't feel like you wanted to improve anything. You get into that state that you just don't want to be there. Reaching breaking point meant Scott finally opened up to his parents. Yeah, I was just shocked at how bad things had got emotionally. And, um, yeah, we sort of, you know, we felt tension and that there, but had no idea um, as to how um, sort of dark things had got, actually. Yeah, to see your kids like that's really difficult. Even though it was hard, it was really good that he could come and finally say to us, um, you know, about struggles and that. Yeah, really hard as a mum. I think you're always concerned sort of how well a, a relationship's going, perhaps. We actually probably needed some more family meetings um, to know what they are thinking before Scott got too stressed. I think, yeah, more in-depth conversations between the four of us would have helped a lot it is hard like when it's family especially like put out your true feelings about how things are going I think if you're in a business partnership with um, someone else that you didn't know like you would be upfront more because being family you sort of don't want to say things sometimes that um, yeah in another situation you would probably speak up more I've always been hard with getting words out so I'm not one that normally says much. And that's where I think if we'd actually had something written down, which we didn't. And so a couple of times they want to do things and we change our minds. I think just having like dates, a time frame to do this and that, I think would have been, could have actually helped a lot. 
Getting to this point was less than ideal, but between the four of them, it was agreed that something had to change. And a few options were on the table. Pretty much it was discussed whether they were to buy our share, we were to buy their share, or whether we just sold everything. Um, that's where it had got to. And they agreed to sell their share to us. Yeah, we just decided that, um, yeah, the only thing was to try and sell and, you know, just relieve pressure, basically, yeah. It was just hard to think that it got to that stage before we could have the discussions. This was an important step, but succession planning can involve a few rounds of hard conversations. It was still pretty bad. You imagine all of that <laughs> um, emotion that you've already got in there and then you're talking what's a fair price like you know <laughs> we were happy to pay whatever we could for them to be happy to go basically um and it got to the point where the bank manager remember him sitting on the table and he was doing the figures and he was sort of raising his eyebrows sort of <laughs> and he was like he's a right on the borderline between yes and no he said this is you know pretty stressful and it's just like <laughs> telling me, like, <laughs> it's pretty stressful for us too. Like many young farmers, getting in and buying a farm these days is a big undertaking. Renee and Scott had to steal themselves for this next step. Chats with the bank, finding the right accountant and a good lawyer was crucial. But making all these decisions and making sure everyone in the family is looked after is a lot to manage. That's a big thing, buying out a business and making it all beneficial to everyone. It's a lot of work and that's why we did go independent with, you know, valuing the cows, valuing the machinery, you know, trying to figure out how much a dairy's worth. So in the space of about, oh, it was about eight months. It was all done and dusted then. Eight months might seem like a long time, but that's pretty standard. And the time investment is worth it. We could have still been there for five or ten years. I think sometimes it's good that you have to act. And, um, yeah, but we've come out the other side. I think all of us probably stronger and more aware of family. It was hard, but I feel now, a couple of years after, I probably get along with mum and dad the best I have in the last probably seven years. <laughs> That's the way I feel like we've got a relationship again. It's just sad that... It, come to what it did when we were in partnership with them. Like, you look back and it is sad that it did come to that. But then now, dissolving that partnership we had with mum and dad, now you go, well, it's the best thing that ever happened because we're happy. We're pretty sure that they're happy. At one stage, we didn't think we would be having Christmas again and we had last Christmas at the house, so now I think things are pretty good. <laughs> and things are pretty good for Matt and Lynn too. They moved to the coast, they're both still working, and they're on to their next adventure. I'm a beekeeper now, so that was going to be some the pocket money for, for the retirement, but it's um, changed into a business now rather than the pocket money. So, yeah, we're, we're okay. Like, them having the farm is, is the best thing that could happen, but 
Yeah, just uh, just uh, we got it out of it a little bit quicker than we wanted to. That was all. But that's in the past now. They needed to get and do their thing. They don't need their parents to be telling them how to do things. I'm very proud of the way they've kept the farm going and and that. And Scott and Renee are starting to talk to their young daughters about succession planning. You can never start too early. The, I think the main thing that we're instilling at the moment with our girls, um, them being you know, 11 and 9 years old, is open communication. It's so nice having those open conversations. I know they're only young, but we're really hoping that that if we can, you know, carry that through to when they are older and if they are wanting to take on the farm, that we do have those, we're listening, you know, we're making sure that we are listening to what they are saying. I think that's sort of a good start. Um, But, you know, we've had those conversations with the kids that, you know, like it's here if you want it. If you don't want it, you don't have to have it. It's funny because they, they talk to each other and they're, well, I'm going to buy this farm. And, and the other one will say, that's okay, I'm going to be a hairdresser. They both like the farm, but they do know that they won't be given everything, that they'll have to earn everything. They've started their own little thing now. They um, have bought a couple of calves off us, which they rear themselves now. The first week they got pocket money, they went and spent it on lollies and that. So on the way home, I said to him, well, if you buy a calf and rear it for 12 months, well, then instead of just having that $5, well, you can turn that $5 into $1,000. Uh, that's our calves, Molly and Jack. Today, the kids have come home from school and they visit the cows in the paddock next to the house. They're both two months old. They're out of... Mum and Dad's cows. We've got chores to do and we're trying to make money. Mum and Dad thought it would be a good idea if we reared some calves up and um, and then we'll sell them. So we'll get a heap of money then, but then we also have to pay Mum and Dad back for the calves and grain and seed and stuff that we put in their paddock. The kids enjoy showing off the dairy where Scott and Renee have installed some impressive technology. And it's nice to see a family love what they do so much. A happy mind runs a good business. Whereas when you are bogged down and unhappy, you are less likely to get up in the morning and go, woo, let's go do that. So I think it would have been detrimental to our business with the state that we were in because we just had no mojo, you know, like we were doing what we had to do because we felt so defeated most of the time that you just didn't feel like um, progressing. Whereas in the last two years, we have progressed a lot. Like we've, we've done a lot of stuff in the last two years, which has been, <laughs> it's been pretty full on, but it's paid off. So recently we've got got new new technology in the dairy, so all the cows have collars and so the cows walk in and then it calculates on the reader things and then it gives how much that grain it's set for them, so they each get a different amount of grain each. Everyone has hit their stride. 
Scott is passionate about the new technology on the farm, and Renee was recognised as New South Wales Young Farmer of the Year in 2019. Matt and Lynn are enjoying life near the coast, and Matt still visits their small farm where they run beef cattle, in between tending to the bees. Honey's proved a right boon. While their succession process was a bit bumpy, the Connell story goes to show that family relationships can bounce back if good communication is opened up and everyone gets on the same page with a plan. If this episode has brought anything up for you, please call Lifeline on 131114. Propagate is brought to you by the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries Young Farmer Business Program. You can find all the episodes on the Young Farmer Business Program website, and you can find us on your favourite podcast player. Don't forget to hit subscribe, and cheers for listening.